keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. The 49ers have bounced back, and they took down the Jets. We got all the big moments in the game, and a couple of bad ones, too. Yeah, we're going to be recapping the game today, talking about what happened, good and bad. Um, Talk about how the 49ers were able to shrug off their loss last week and come up with a big win today. Last week we took an L, but but today we bounced back. There we go. It, it happened. Someone He's, should make a song like he, that. They should, really should, but he predicted it. The Azorian one said it was going to happen, and it, it happened, guys. It's incredible. I'm, I'm super pumped about this. Let's let's do it. All right, so the 49ers get right to, I mean, right to it, right? They got eye backs. They send Kendrick Bourne in motion, hit the pitch, and Raheem Mostert goes 80 yards for a touchdown. Closest thing I've seen to a sweep in high school for so long. Jets are no match for most of their speed. Niners are getting right to it. I was pumped. Yeah, that was that wasn't a great way to start the game. Shrug off last week's loss to get right on the scoreboard right away. They did struggle a little bit in the run game last week, so it was really good to see that happen to start the game. Then after that happens, the Jets do come back down and kick a field goal. Yeah, and then... The Niners, the next possession is when things start to get a little hectic. We have the short series in which Jimmy kind of tweaks his ankle. He's hobbling around. We don't really know the severity of it at the time, but he's playing through it. Short and drive, turns back around though. Not too long after that, we're able to finally push it down the field yet again. And the first of two Jordan Reed touchdowns occurs. Yeah, crazy, crazy good finish right there. Hurdles the guy about the five yard line dives into the end zone protects the ball uh jordan reed looked everything that we thought he was going to be and uh i'm I'm excited for when kittle gets back because finally we saw jordan reed playing a lot today um and you saw you saw the quarterback feel comfortable going to him in key situations including the second touchdown like you said that little it's just a little quick out just played it right beat uh marcus may to the spot caught the ball it was actually good coverage but he's a different level tight end, man. That was a great play. Big time touchdown right there at the end of the half for Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. So in between those things, unfortunately, the 49ers has occurred a couple major injuries. Nick Bosa went down with what is feared to be a torn ACL. Then on the very next play, after they carted Bosa off the field, Solomon Thomas went down with once again appeared to be a season ending ACL injury. Not a great moment for Niner fans. And then, when we thought it couldn't get worse, on the last scoring drive, Jimmy G is noticeably limping. Even though he showed a lot of heart there, still took the team down the field and made a beautiful pass, like you said, to Jordan Reed in the end zone. Absolutely. Uh, He comes out. We come out of halftime. It's obvious he's not going to be the guy leading us in the second half. Mullins is helmet on, warming up, going through his dropbacks and his reads and progressions. Then, magically, out of nowhere, a list of players gets dropped on the screen on Fox. Mostert, also, not, not going to be playing the rest of the half. 
things at that point looked about as dim as they could possibly be. It was starting to get that, that feeling in the pit of my stomach, flashbacks to last week. The only difference was we had a comfortable lead at that point, and I thought to myself, there's no way that we could possibly ruin this, and we didn't. I want to kind of bounce back right before that second Jordan Reed touchdown. We had the, the huge stop on fourth down. Huge. So they got third and one, and you think, okay, Frank Gore, he's he's been moving the ball pretty well. He's going to get this. And they try to run in behind Makai Becton, and boom, stuffed. I mean, they, they stuffed in a big way. And then the very next play, Fred Warner eludes the right guard, makes a miss, and McGovern, the center, can't get there, and he just stuffs the running back in the backfield. And the momentum was firmly on the 49er side after that and then they go on the Jordan Reed but geez that was that was one heck of a play Fred Warner had himself a heck of a game you know I felt like that might have been the biggest play of the first half to me I understand they scored three touchdowns and if you want to talk negative there were the injury plays that might have been more important on the season but last week Every time the Niners had the chance to get the momentum, they couldn't make plays like that. They were beaten on the goal line multiple times. This time, the 49ers defense stepped up. It looked like last year when a team would try to attack them on fourth and one. Fred Warner just made an amazing play, blew through the line, and stuck at Frank Gore in the backfield for a loss. Yeah, and not only that, but this they were able to do that without the pieces that were there last year. No D Ford, no Nick Bosa, no Solomon Thomas. Uh, Buckner's gone. They did it with the guys that are no-name, no-name guys. They did it with the Kerry Hiders. They did it with the DJ Joneses. Uh, it was a great performance by the D-line, despite all the injuries. And how about that third and 31 run by Jet McKinnon, boys? Yep. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Jet McKinnon was, was on a, a different level today. Um, he looked really good. And then, you know, in the second half, he has that big run for the touchdown. He comes through the middle, bursts out on the side, dives in the end zone, turns his back to the defender to protect the ball. I mean, Jet was looking crazy impressive. I didn't see the the speed like a Mostert, that 4-3 speed, but the quickness in the hole is still there. So that's something to watch, but he was, he was definitely impressive. And I think he's everything that we thought he was going to be, and he, he's back. Yeah, Jet, um, for a lot of Niner fans, might be a new guy to them. But now you're seeing why two years ago, Kyle Shanahan was so big on him when they signed him. He can do so many things in Kyle's offense. And he kind of bailed out the offense after Nick Mullins had a little bit of a rough start to his beginning. He threw the interception. Then they, he was, it was third and 31 because he got sacked and all that stuff. And Jet makes that big 55-yard run, like you guys said, to get them out of the hole. They end up going down and scoring on the drive. It, it was a great, great overall performance. Great team win, top to bottom, solid. And for the Jets, Ficken is a good kicker. So there's and, that. Good job, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah con congratulations on the two field goals and the and the garbage time touchdown, where Sam gets out of the pocket and completes the pass. Uh, other than that, I mean, they pretty much had all their second teamers in, so. It was nice to see um, Contavious Street, Givens, and those guys get some extra playing time there on that drive, though. A couple, they made a couple plays. It was good to see. Absolutely yeah. was. Yeah, Jets offense. <laughs> yeah, Jets offense is as advertised, Horst. As advertised. Great job, man. You called that. You hit the nail <laughs> on the head with that one, man. And now we're going to go into some player comparisons, compar comparing different players from each team, the 49ers and the Jets, at the same position. 
and kind of see whose matchups panned out and who played better at those positions. Horst, we're going to start with you, though, buddy. What do you got for your player comparison? Uh, my comparison is Frank Gore versus the 49ers running backs. I know it's a little sounds a little unfair to do a group of guys against one guy, but the Jets were playing one running back getting most of the touches. The 49ers almost always go running back by committee. Between Raheem Mostert and McKinnon, they went 11 carries for 169 yards and two touchdowns. Tevin Coleman had a little bit of a rough day, but he, lo he lost a lot of yards on about two different negative plays. Otherwise, his stat line would have been much better than it was. Um, Frank Gore started out really strong, but he finished with 63 yards on 21 carries. I call that a win for a defense when a running back gets over 20 carries and you hold him to 63 yards. So that is a definite win for the 49er running backs. And yeah, you know, uh, my comparison is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's first half against Sam Darnold. And really, Jimmy G was uh, came out and he really only had the one incompletion because I don't count the one going deep down the sideline that Kendrick Bourne should have caught. I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore that one. So he was uh, 14 of actually he should have been 14 to 15. He's 14 of 16, and he had you know 131 yards, 87.5 percent completion percentage. So he was on top of his game today. Um, Jimmy G looked good. I thought even with the ankle injury that he was still locked in. He was making plays. Sam Darnold, on the other hand, I mean, he was just dinking and dunking, taking the little five-yard outs, throwing passes underneath, um, running from ghosts. He just didn't look like um, a big-time quarterback, in my opinion. I thought it was Jimmy G and kind of like his junior assistant, Sam Darnold, on this one. Um, I think he's still one butt fumble away from uh, being Mark Sanchez. I, I, I just didn't see it from Darnold today. I just I don't see um, a big-time player out of him, unfortunately. So I'm going to go ahead and, and say Jimmy G won it with his first half numbers. His first half numbers were so much better than Sam Darnold's overall numbers. I, I think Darnold really needs a new head coach and he needs a new offensive coordinator. But hopefully that uh, hopefully that'll happen for him. But yep, Garoppolo wins this one big. Whoa, one butt fumble away from irrelevance. My goodness gracious, poor Sam Darnold getting roasted on the podcast. Anyway. Uh, my, my, yeah, no, USC is not proud. My, my key comparison, my player comparison is Jordan Reed versus Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon is a guy that we had talked about on Friday being someone that was a key matchup for the Niners to focus in on. And boy, did they ever one catch for five yards for Mr. Herndon. He did not have, I wouldn't even say, call it a showing. I, I don't even know if he showed up. He, he might as well have just stayed on the sidelines and not played. It was really bad for him. Meanwhile, our boy Jordan Reed didn't just come in and show show up. He showed out. Showed out. Seven catches, 50 yards, two tutties. The first one, as you talked about, the acrobatic leaping over the guy and then diving in and getting it inside the pylon. And the second one in which he just literally outmuscles May. Jimmy puts the ball in a perfect spot, catches it right into the end zone. Looked like the Jordan Reed of old. And boy, oh boy, did we ever need it. Huge pickup for us this offseason. We need to keep this guy healthy the rest of the way. He is going to be huge for the 49ers late in the season, in the, in the middle of the season, or in the dog days of the NFL. If you love our podcast as much as Alex loves Jordan Reed, make sure you scroll down, comment, like, and hit the subscribe button. And the soft player of the week is 
the MetLife Stadium turf. Boo. Just straight garbage. Burn it. I mean, the fact that it's taken all these players out, I just I couldn't believe it. They got to do better than this, man. They got to do better. Horse, what are you thinking about it? I think it's a little bit frustrating to find out that several players expressed concern before the game about the turf and saying their feet were sticking in it, and they were concerned about knee injuries happening, and the knee injuries happened. It's a little bit concerning to me that at that level of football, when guys like that say that the turf is bad, the turf is probably bad. I don't think anyone on the 49ers was scared to play the Jets today. No. So it's it's a little concerning to me that that happened. Absolutely. And not not only that, but this isn't the first time now that this has happened. There were issues last week where a Steelers player tore up his knee. I think it was one of their offensive linemen, I believe. And so this is not the first time that this has happened at MetLife. It won't be the last if the conditions continue to stay the way that they are. And it appears as if no one there seems to care about addressing the problem in any way, in any sort of realistic reality-based solution. That There's no... There's no actual emphasis or urgency to fix the problem. And if you're not going to fix the problem, more players are going to get hurt. And in a 2020 season in which you had a limited offseason, limited training camp, things are limited. You have to do everything as humanly possible to make life easy for the players and keep them protected because they're not going to be up to speed. It's going to take some players three to four weeks to get up to what they normally would have been with a full training camp, playing at the level that they need to play at. And if they're not, they, if they don't have the conditioned f- fields in great enough or good enough shape for them to play at a high level, you have guys who are going to second guess playing. You're going to have guys who won't make trips because they're afraid of field conditions, and that's just bad for the brand overall. Yeah, I, I think that it, all hope is on the Giants to fix this because look at the organization the Jets have. I mean, the Jets are a terrible organization, so they're not going to fix this. I think it's something that the NFL needs to address. We'll see if they actually do address it, but I don't. I don't know. I just think this is this is something that can't happen in today's NFL. They've they've got to be better at this. I don't know how they test it, but they need to make sure this is fixed in the future. So now we're gonna go over the key matchups from the game and what we thought. A horse. What was your offensive matchup and how to go for the 49ers? My key offensive matchup was the 49ers wide receivers winning one-on-one opportunities against the Jets' defensive backs. I think they played a lot better than last week. They had eight catches for 116 yards on the day, which is a whole lot better than four for 41. Still probably not good enough. Now, if Kendrick Bourne catches a long pass that hit him squarely in the hands... We probably can add another 35, 40 yards to that, and my prediction of them having a 100-yard receiver comes true. But he did not make the catch. He probably still danced, but he did not make the catch afterwards. But I would, I'm not going to take a win on this matchup, but I would say it was an improvement over last week. My matchup was Jimmy G versus this Jets secondary. We all know what happened with Jimmy with the injury. We all know he only played one half. But I am 100% taking a big W on this prediction and this I, this key matchup because Jimmy on one leg outplayed not only Sam Darnold but the entire Jets defense. He could barely move and he was somehow finding a way to get away from pressure, put the ball in space, and at the half had almost 200 yards passing. Or did he have 200? I believe he had 131. 131. So he had 131 yards. Jimmy has 131 yards at the half and two touchdowns. 
I said 375. 375 number in my bold prediction. He's close. Maybe he gets there, maybe he doesn't. The Niners had a big lead, but he was definitely going to get to the 4 TD mark, which I had said he was was my bold prediction, was he was going to throw for at least four touchdowns. Jimmy G absolutely destroyed that Jets secondary. He looked fantastic in the first half. The throws he was making off of one foot were incredible. The fact that he was able to elude any pressure whatsoever playing with a high ankle sprain is impressive. The man gets no credit. The people want to doubt this man. You got to stop. You got to hop on the Jimmy G, Jimmy G train before it's too late. Because if you don't, we're, we're leaving you. We're leaving you behind. Get behind Jimmy G. This man is is an absolute savage. And what was your? How, how did you feel about your key matchup? Yeah, I had Kyle Shanahan versus uh, defensive coordinator Greg Williams. And really, I thought that Shanahan took care of business because Greg Williams had the opportunity to dial up some big-time blitzes against an injured Jimmy Garoppolo who was stationary and couldn't move. And he really didn't take advantage of it. I mean, Quinnen Williams had some good plays and made some plays today. Um, but I didn't think that Greg Williams did anything schematically to stop Shanahan. They almost played a scared game where they were kind of just sitting back, letting them pick them apart, and their secondary is not good enough for that. So I thought Shanahan did a good job that way. Um, the run game, they produced 182 yards. It was kind of a sneaky 182 yards because they had the big run by Mostert, the long run by McKinnon. Um, so it was more big plays out of the run game. I didn't see the consistency that I would like to see of, you know, five, six, you know, seven yards to carry here and there. But overall, I thought that Kyle Shanahan out-schemed Greg Williams, won the battle, 49ers taking a big dub as far as Shanahan versus Greg Williams. By the way, Alex, yes. Jimmy would have had 170 if Kendrick Bourne caught the ball. <laughs> this, is, this is accurate. This is very true. <laughs> And this week's Straight Beast Offensive Player of the Week is free agent acquisition tight end Jordan Reed. He had seven catches, 50 yards, and most importantly, two touchdowns all in the first half that really sprung the Niners out to that 21-3 lead. He also earned one football fan's love and affection. It's true. It's true. I mean, in all honesty, he already had it because he is a University of Florida Gator, I may add. And so I've already been a big fan of Jordan Reed, but to see it come to fruition in a 49ers uniform, just it just makes it all the much more sweeter for me. Uh, all y'all, Jordan Reed don't have it no more. He needs to just stop playing. His Y'all can just, just stay quiet. It's fine. We've been talking about this here for months. We know, we know what's going on. We know what they're doing. Kyle Shanahan had the finger on this. He's known since day one when he had a chance to bring in Jordan Reed that this was the guy that could fit into their system and do big things, and he's doing them in week two. It, it was exciting to watch because he played that power slot that we kind of talked about, and so he's going to alleviate some of the, the hurt of not having the big-time you know slot player like uh, Jalen Hurd like we thought we were going to have. So he's, he's going to be big. And the red zone thing, like we talked about before, that was going to be huge. And he took care of business. 49ers efficiency in the red zone off the charts today. Perfect. Um, so finally, the red zone efficiency is taken care of. Jordan Reed was a big part of that. Once they get George Kittle, I expect it to even go up even more. Jerick McKinnon out of the backfield. So yeah, straight beast. Jordan Reed, that, that touchdown, one of the best ones I've seen. I can't wait to see it on some of the highlight videos this week. It's very cool. I like it. And now it's time for those defensive key matchups. Each of us had one from this last game. Ant, we'll start with you. What do you got for us? Mine was K1 Williams versus Jamison Crowder. 
And uh, Kwan <laughs> Williams scared Jameson Crowder so much he didn't even come out there. Oh, my hamstring! <laughs> sure, Jameson Crowder. Sure. My defensive matchup was the 49ers defensive line against the Jets offensive line, especially when it came to providing pressure on the quarterback. I thought they played much better than last week. Unfortunately, we suffered two big losses in Bosa and Solomon Thomas. But although they only had one sack, I thought they were on Darnold from start to finish. I thought they pressured him a lot. I thought Kinlaw had good moments. I thought Hyder had good moments. Eric Armstead had the big sack. We got to see him rub his belly and everything. And then against the run, they gave up 104 yards, but it was on 29 carries. So that's a less than three and a half yards of play average. That's not that great of a job. So I thought they did a solid job against both the run and the pass because they were missing two starters. And that was a great job. That was absolutely a W. You, you, you called that one. That was a very, very important matchup to the game that really limited their offense. Uh, I was Quan Alexander, the hottest of the hot boys, versus Chris Herndon. Uh, unfortunately, due to the fact that K1 Williams, you know, scared Jameson Crowder from not even showing up, most of the time he was able, he was able to be covering Herndon and, and limited him and shut him down. And the one really big matchup that stood out to me was the goal line. Uh, reception where Kwan Alexander deflected the pass over one to Herndon. So technically he's one and oh, so that's a big W for me. It's a big fat W. Technically, hot boys. The Hot Boys won that one. The Hot Boy, the hottest of the Hot Boys, shut down Chris Herndon in the goal line in the red zone. Other than that, they really weren't matched up. Kwan Williams was all over Herndon all day long. One reception for five yards. Um, they have a lot of holes to fill. The Jets do. There's a lot of holes in that roster. They got a lot of things they're going to need to address in the future. Uh, Good luck, gentlemen. Good luck. And now it's time for the block is hot defensive player of the game. Had to be a hot boy. Hot boy. Hot boys. Fred Warner flying all over the field, making plays. Nine tackles. Huge tackle for loss on the fourth and one. Getting it done in a big way. Showing that he's one of the best linebackers in the league. I already say he's top five. Looked like a stud today. I think it's only going to get better as we move forward. Yeah, after a little bit of a shaky performance in week one, Fred Warner came back this week with a vintage Fred Warner performance. He was stopping the run. He was all over the field in the past game, finished with 12 tackles. I thought he had an incredible game, and this is what I'm used to seeing from Fred Warner. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, enjoyed the uh, laying the smacketh down on the sideline on Chris Herndon. It was fantastic. It was one of the, my favorite plays of the game other than the, the fourth and short stop he had. Uh, looked like the middle linebacker we need him to be, and he needs to continue to be that for the rest of the season. And if he does, Ant, you are correct. He is 100% a top five linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, linebacker play way up for the 49ers today. Much time. better. Curious. Yeah, and Friday, you don't want to miss the show. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about 49ers versus New York Giants from field conditions to player personnel decisions, everything you need to know in between starting lineups, all of it. Make sure you're here. Plus, funny, cool stuff coming up. Don't want to miss it. Plus, Kendrick Bourne will still have not caught that deep ball. <laughs> Poor Kendrick Bourne, man. He's never going to hear the end of it on this podcast. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the field report we got coming up next week. We're going to try and dive into as much detail as possible. Right. Try and get down in the nitty gritty and figure out what the heck's going on there in New York. Yeah, lots of big time stuff coming from the front office with Gettleman and everything. It's going to be curious. All right. All right, guys, you know what that is? Chalk another one up.
Pausa. Ciao.